0: the Management Insights podcast series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our Management Portfolio. Today's topic, Taming Time Management. Our guest, Kathy Hastings from Greenville Technical College. Kathy, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, Debbie. I'm glad to be here. I've been teaching at Greenville Tech for about 22 years, uh, former department head of management and then instructor. And it's really been um, an interesting opportunity. Before that, I worked for AT&T in sales and technical support. And I also spent some time um, working for an affiliate of the Covey Leadership Center. And I became a certified
0: facilitator of the seven habits of highly effective people during that time period. Well, this is a great topic that I know we can learn a lot from today. And with your experience, um, I really look forward to our conversation. So why is time management so important? Well, let me start at
1: the local level, because I'm sure many schools do this. They get input from advisory committees that, you know, are kind of, local, um, express their concerns about the graduates that they're hiring. And one of the things that came up from our Management Department Advisory Committee many years ago was that students need to have a better handle on time management. And more recently, I attended a conference, actually a couple of conferences with the Greenville Area Chamber of Commerce and business leaders. And they were talking about the importance of soft skills and how it doesn't matter how much education you have, if you can't work and be productive and can't communicate, that isn't going to be as successful for someone in the workforce. So if we carry that to perhaps more well-known sources, um, I found a quote from Zig Ziglar, who was a salesman, like the world's greatest salesman, motivational speaker. Um, And one of uh, my favorite quotes is this one. Lack of direction, not lack of time, is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. And in fact, I read something recently talking about how we have 86,400 seconds in a day. And that sounds like a lot, but why do so many of us, myself included, have difficulty in properly utilizing those 86,400 seconds in a day. Um, Indeed identified 12 benefits of practicing effective time management skills. I'm not gonna list all 12 of them, but some of them included decreased stress, increased productivity, positive reputation, improved quality of work, more confidence, and improve self-discipline. And all of these things are going to lead to success in many areas of business. Then Laurie Wade of aboutleaders.com said that poor time management at work, you know some of these are gonna be, op- be the opposite of what I stated a few minutes ago from Indeed, but some outcomes could be damaging to a career, such as procrastination, lack of professionalism, Missed deadlines and meetings, work and life imbalance, financial penalties, and poor professional reputation. So I thought this was really interesting. A study by Proud, or excuse me, Proudfoot Consulting, found that the cost of the time cost of unproductive workers added up to a loss of about 33 days per worker per year. The estimated monetary loss of productivity came in at $598 billion per year for U.S. companies alone. Add in COVID and people working remotely with less supervision, it's it's likely that that cost is even higher.
0: Well, I was going to say, all of those different sources are invaluable. And that's why it's so important for us today to dig in to see how can we best learn to be more effective time managers. So what should you do first to learn about time management?
1: Well, I think one of the most important things is to take stock of where you are with regard to managing your time. Like I tell my students, when you are trying to improve your time management, you need to see where you are. And one of the assignments that I have used is the time log assignment which has evolved over the years from writing something down on a piece of paper to using a spreadsheet uh, that has formulas pre-built where they can see how much time they have spent in different categories. But it's a way for them to get a snapshot for a one-week period as to how they're doing on their time. Uh, One of the areas of focus, too, has been on different roles in life and how much time you spend in the various roles. And I had a student who did the time management log and he was amazed to learn that he was only spending about 15 minutes a day with his two-year-old son. And he said that was life-changing with him, like life-changing for him. And you know, another way to look at this is if you're spending a lot of money, and you don't know where your money's going. You keep track of your spending habits. Same idea with time because time is a sort of currency. It's it's a resource that we have. And there are some productivity tools that you can use. Um, one that I use all the time is reminders on my smartphone. And you know, being able to um, tack it to a particular day or even to a particular hour can be very, very helpful. There's many, many other productivity tools available. One is called Time Doctor, and it tracks all of the activities in a workday. and it gives you real time a real-time look at ways that you can improve your time management in the workplace. It also helps create projects where you're tra- tracking time of both individual and team productivity during or after project completion another one is rescue time and this is a product productivity tool that's more focused on the individual level and i think this would be especially helpful for students it its aim is to minimize time wasted on distracting websites and apps and it provides a detailed report to help people understand their work habits and to identify time wasters. And with
0: all the technology that we use, I I think that's a really, really important one. I agree with you on that. So what are some common challenges that you see in achieving success in time management?
1: Well, I think there are three main categories, uh, planning and scheduling, prioritization and procrastination. And with planning and scheduling, you, you kind of have to figure out where you want to go. Um, there was a book by um, Merrill um, on time management. And uh, this is also um, a Stephen Covey habit, putting first things first is the second habit. But the first one is begin with the end in mind. How are you going to know what to accomplish if you don't begin with the end in mind? What is your actual long-term goal or even a short-term goal? Um, but setting goals can help you to understand your end goal and what exactly you need to do to prioritize it. I'm sure many of you have heard about SMART goals, um, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. Something I would have my students do is choose a personal goal and convert it into a SMART goal to help them see the importance of being more specific um, and that way they know whether or not they're going going to achieve it successfully. Um, I found a quote from Peter Turla. He's a time expert, author and president of the National Management Institute. And I thought this was a really good quote. A plan is what, a schedule is when. It takes both a plan and a schedule to get things done. And I think some of us are really, really good at you know coming up with this list of things that we want to do that perhaps we don't close, close the loop and actually plug it into the calendar. Um, a schedule says you know specifically when you're going to do something, not, well, I'm going to get it done, done sometime this week. No, I'm going to get it done Wednesday at 4 p.m. or whatever the case might be. And it's a good idea to always allow extra time to complete your goals. Uh, Sometimes things take longer than you think they will, or you may have interruptions that prevent you from having the ability to complete something. Um, Some people like to use paper and pencil for for to-do lists. Um, And and you can do your to-do list, you know, using some of the productivity things that we talked about a few minutes ago. Uh, One of my favorite things, and this can be done on your phone or on paper is the running to-do list, which is a a list of random tasks that you can complete when you have a few minutes. Uh, You're at the dentist's office and you um, want to send a, a text to somebody, you can do that in a short period of time. And then there's prioritization. And Stephen Covey, um, you may have heard of him. He was the author of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He was famous for having said the key is not to prioritize what's on your schedule, but to schedule your priorities. And your priorities are going to flow from your goals. So prioritization can be handled differently for different people. Uh, one of the things that I have done with my students is have them identify 10 personal tasks and then rank them according to priority using A, B, C, and D, you know, with A being the most important, you know, absolutely has to be done. B is somewhat high priority. C is, eh, you know, it, it it could be done, but it's no big rush. And then D is, something that you know shouldn't even be considered and then they would prioritize within the categories by number and by seeing this on paper or in a spreadsheet um, they're able to see wow you know I'm I'm spending time on things that really don't matter and why why is that important it's preventing me from accomplishing my goals you know if I'm saying yes to my, my neighbor I'll, I'll feed your cat of seven days in a row, but that's, you know, taking up time for something else, then maybe that's uh, a favor you should reconsider. And then another exercise um, that has worked really well in class is having students working in groups. And I love for students to work in groups as much as possible. COVID made that a bit of a challenge, but we use the scenario that it's a Monday morning you're a hypothetical manager at a manufacturing plant. And there was a list of 14 tasks that come up all at once. Um, The tasks ranged from supplier issues to a customer threatening to cancel their order if they don't get their product on time, to sexual harassment, and to the company president's daughter walking around selling Girl Scout cookies. So some of them were a little bit silly, but you'd have them work in groups and come up with what they think the top five of the 14 tasks should be, and then explain why they were the most important. And then each group would share their findings and the rationale for what they came up with. And sometimes uh, the group uh, results were very, very different. And I think they learned a lot from hearing the rationale of other students.
0: And then the the third fundamental challenge. I love by the examples you're sharing that it's really about getting the students involved by learning by doing, right? It's an active experiential learning to help them prepare more effectively for their time management by doing these different scenarios, whether it's their personal goals, so that they're going to be more. Um, engaged and relevant in the classroom to naturally these Monday morning madness exercises with practicing that prioritization task. And then you can give them even a further assignment to look at maybe what's, you know, on their week ahead, how are they going to prioritize? But I love it all about learning by doing. So thank you for examples. Sure.
1: Sure.
0: Um,
1: So the, the third one, procrastination. And that's a biggie. I think a lot of people have problems with procrastination. And Benjamin Franklin had a quote, you may delay, but time will not. I think that's very, very powerful. Um, Darius Faroe, um, he's an author on productivity, business and wealth building, He said uh, there was a study of 2,219 people, which revealed that around 88% of the workforce tend to procrastinate at least one hour a day. Now, this next statistic is a bit old. I couldn't find anything more recent, but there was a CNBC post uh, from 2012 where a study of 10,000 U.S. employees polled revealed that the average worker admitted to wasting time, and this, you know, adds up. And you know, wasting time, often due to procrastination, um, is is really a, a big money waster, and also, you know, destroys productivity, possibly, you know, relationships with customers, you know, missed deadlines, that type of thing. Um, there's a, a textbook called Power Learning and Your Life, Essentials of Student Success. And this is a um, book that is for college skills, life skills. And there's a very good section, uh, which talks about keeping the cost of procrastination in mind. And to quote, procrastination doesn't just result in delay, it also may make the task harder, Than it would have been if you hadn't procrastinated. You know, it's like the worst things get worse the more you put them off. Not only will you ultimately have less time to complete the tasks, you may have to do it so quickly that its quality may be diminished. In the worst case scenario, you won't be able to finish it at all. And going back to- I know that's one
0: of our- Uh, That's actually one of our titles by Robert Feldman, as I understand, Kathy.
1: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, very good book. Um, We used it as a custom build in conjunction with uh, a management 101 text with with McGraw-Hill. So uh, that that was something we found to work really, really well. And something that I did in the classroom, um, I would tell them about the salami technique. And the salami technique is where you imagine a salami and you've got all the, for a big project, you've got all these things you need to do. And there is a tendency, especially for for perfectionists, to feel like, you know, they have to have an eight hour period to sit down and do something, you know, do a project all at once. And then you procrastinate because, well, you just don't have that eight hours of time. And then you find yourself up against a a deadline. And with the salami technique, you come up with a list of tests, steps to complete your project, you know, smaller bite-sized pieces and due dates. And that makes it a lot more manageable. And it's, I would encourage them to... You know, if something is due on March 15th, well, make the due date at least a week earlier so that you give yourself um, some buffer. Uh, But what I would do is have students come up with a task, assign due dates, you know, come up with the steps, assign due dates, and then, you know, kind of talk about the process and then, you know, share with other students in the classroom so that, you know, they can learn from, from each other.
0: So the three common challenges are planning and scheduling, prioritization, and procrastination. Now, in addition to that, Kathy, what would you say are some other, as I would say, um, ways that you could succeed in time management?
1: Well, uh, I think a really important one is to establish boundaries. So that that can help to have balance among di- amongst different roles in life. Um, I heard from a student recently that, uh, and he's he's had difficulty getting things accomplished. Um, he he has a job. Uh, a lot of people have quit, so his employer keeps on giving him more hours than he wants, and uh, it's to the point where he realizes he doesn't have balance and he's going to quit his job because going to school is a priority for him. Um, Some people have issues with work and family, Um, you know, someone who is a parent and trying to um, handle, you know, the job, handle the kids, handle, you know, the finances, figuring out how how to get food on the table and that type of thing. And, um, being realistic about boundaries is very, very important. Um, and with the pandemic, it's, and people working from home, those boundaries have become more blurred because the office is down the hall, and you know you don't you aren't driving to a different location. Um, learning to say no is a way that can help you to establish boundaries. Um, I actually had a friend, and this this was many years ago but she had agreed to feed her neighbor's dog or cat or something, and she couldn't do it. And this was for a week. And she wanted to know if I would do it. Well, she lived a half hour away at the time. I, you know, was a department head at Greenville tech. I was also director of a praise band. Plus I had two children and a husband. And first of all, I, you know, was flabbergasted that she would even ask me instead of you know someone on her street, and I thought, well, you know, I like this person a lot. She's done favors for me before, but this is just more than I can handle. And I told her no, and I I was polite about it, and I said I could maybe do one day on the weekend um, if you're unable to find somebody else, but you know, based on what you're asking me. I'm not going to be able to meet the needs of my family and, and my job. And, you know, it, and when you say no uh, to someone, it's important not to string them along, you know, because if you string them along, then that's going to make things worse for them. And if you value that relationship, uh, just, just be honest and explain, you know, if you feel comfortable, the reason why you can't do it. Another thing to keep in mind is that, Different cultures have approaches to time that are different. You know, in the United States, we view time as a currency, where deadlines and being on time are really, really important. In other places, the time is a lot more flexible. It's more about relationships than being on time. I visited my daughter in Columbia, South America, many years ago, and she was teaching English at a university there, and I was going to visit her, and her boss found out that, you know, this American mother was coming, and would I please teach something, and how about time management? Well, one of the first things I learned that I was a North American mother, not a South, you know, American, Uh, we say America, but to them, we're North America, and they're South America. But I was worried about getting there on time. And my daughter was like, mom, it's no big deal. Nobody will be on time. The earliest person was 20 minutes late. And to them, you know, that was just completely acceptable. Now, in the business world, when we're dealing with people from other cultures, we need to be cognizant of how they view time so that we're not rushing to get that contract without building a relationship first. And that, that involves some time. So if you're doing business with a different culture, you know, try to do some research, find out what their perspectives are on time and then approach them accordingly.
0: And so are there additional sources or resources that folks could, um, View after our podcast today to get a little bit more information about time management. Cause I know our time is starting to run out. Uh, sure. Uh, there,
1: there are lots of different books. I've already mentioned one, seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen R. Covey um, that gets into a lot more than time management. It's, it's really a lot about personal management, which is important. You have to manage yourself. First, and then manage within an organization. Uh, Brian Tracy is an author of many books. He also has a lot of um, good YouTube videos. And he, the title of this book is Eat That Frog, 21 Great Ways to Stop Procrastinating and Get More Done in Less Time. And the eat the frog thing is a reference to a, a quote by Mark Twain, Basically, you want to get the worst stuff over with first. Nobody wants to eat a frog. And that was kind of the analogy. And then there's a book, 168 Hours, um, by Laura Vanderkam. It's 168 hours. You have more time than you think. And then uh, Jake Zaretsky and John Knapp wrote Make Time, How to Focus on What Matters Every Day. And, you know, there are many, many more resources. These are some that I found um, that are are popular in 2022. And then um, last but not least, McGraw-Hill has some tools that can help with um, improving time. Um, The self-assessments are available. Uh, I remember using... um, the uh, how how much do you procrastinate self-assessment and how are you at spending your time and the students get feedback and the feedback lets them know, well, I'm pretty good at managing my time or I really have a need to improve. So that helps them with that taking stop. And then last but not least, um, the Connect Read Anywhere app is a great tool uh, that you can download on your phone and read the book on your phone. And once you have downloaded it, you don't have to be online to read the book. So it's it's a great way to just read a little bit at a time and um, not feel like you have to have, you know, a big block of time to read the content. Well, Kathy,
0: I want to thank you for sharing so many different examples throughout our session today. I really think this is going to help folks with their personal time management. And so I want to thank you for uh, taking time with us today Uh, for sharing your perspective, experience, and advice to our listeners. Check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything.